welcome official bitches and fellas. So, um, it's morning and you guys know how I do in the mornings, open all the blinds, open all the windows and just like act like I'm living at the fucking beach. Instead, I have a desert view and shit ton of birds and this fucking dog that I don't know where it comes from and it comes to shit in my yard every morning. Um, so that's my morning views. Um, this is my life, guys. This is what my life has turned into. This is 33. I'm going to be 34 this year, guys. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I do feel, though, that I should have a big party. Um, one year for my ex-husband's 35th birthday, we threw what I called his quinceanera. Like, it was like something that, like, we threw this huge, ginormous party. And it was, um, I would tell him it was his quinceanera. It was like something that he missed out on for being a boy. <laughs> so anyways, we used to, I used to always joke that, like, I'm going to give my son a quinceanera so that when he's 35, he's not reliving his dream. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm one of those people, like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm not Mexican-Mexican. Um, I mean, I'm Mexican because that's what runs through my blood, but I'm totally not Mexican. I mean, I'm probably a little more Mexican now because I was with a Mexican for so long, but I'm totally not a Mexican. So I never understood this whole quinceanera. Like, I know my little sister-in-law, um, my ex-little sister-in-law, when we had her quinceanera, like, it was upwards of like $20,000. And I was like, $20,000. Like, I would have been like, no, mom, for $20,000, I want that new car. For $20,000, I want to go on a trip. I want to go on a trip to fucking Europe and like China. I don't know. I would have fucking, I would have spent $20,000 a whole different way than a birthday party. So I've always said that if I ever have girls, which I have two, and my son will also get something when he turns 15 because it's not fair and because he's my baby, um, that I will give them the option. Like, hey, I don't know what my options will be depending on their personalities, how they grow up and stuff. But I remember one time we were on vacation. I don't remember where. I think I think we were on vacation in Puerto Vallarta. I don't remember where we were. And there was a girl and she had like five of her friends and they were all wearing t-shirts and it said the girl's name and it said, um, Ginza crew. And then the girl's shirt said like, I chose vacation instead of a Ginzanetta. And I was like, yes, yes, bitch. Like your goals, you're what I want to do. So I don't know. We'll see what happens when I do, um, get to that age with my kids, but I am going to be one of those moms that's like, eh, I don't know. You guys sure you want to have a quinceanera? I'm I'm totally going to be that mom because I am not down to spend $20,000 on one day and then possibly 10 years later spend another $40,000 on a wedding. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I Unless I become rich, which we all know I'm marrying for money next. Um, funny thing about that is... Uh, someone sent me, a listener sent me a meme on Instagram not too long ago and was like, uh, look, I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. But they were like, look, um, they, (laughs) 
look, she married for money or something like that. And I was like, yes, bitch, this is what we do. Like, I already married for love. It didn't work out. Obviously, it got me all fucked up. So um, I'm marrying for money next. Money doesn't hurt. Um, So don't mind me when you see me on the fucking streets with an ugly ass old man drug dealer from Sinaloa who is going to take care of me. I mean, he's not allowed. He's not going to. I don't know. We'll have to talk details of that because I can't go to jail. Um, Mina always says, uh-uh, you send me to jail and you question me. I'm going to talk like a bird. <laughs> and I think that's me because I will not survive jail. Um, but anyways, um, that I don't even know where this came from. But either way. Um, so remind me, guys, like when my birthday starts coming around September, I'm a Virgo, if you didn't know. Um, you guys need to start reminding me like, Hey, you're supposed to have this big party because I really do. I do want to have a big party unless I should wait until I'm 35. Nah, 34, because it's like new me, you know, like, uh, I am doing something really big in July that I can't wait to share with you guys. I'll share with you guys soon. And then I'm also doing something, another huge thing, um, at the end of this month. So I will share that with you guys within like the next two weeks because I'm so excited about that one. Anyways, um, moving on. So I decided that, oh, I hope everyone had a good Mother's Day. I hope you guys all got spoiled and loved and all the above. I had a great Mother's Day. Um, it was exactly what I needed, what I wanted. I was spoiled with gifts and love and, um, it was great. It was really good. Um, I actually had someone ask me a question on Mother's Day, this one of the guys that I chit chat with, and he was like, what was the best Mother's Day gift you ever received? And I was like, well, my kids are only two. <laughs> like, this is like my barely like my third Mother's Day with them. Like, I don't I don't know. And I kind of thought about that. And I was like, you know what? Like, I haven't ever received a good Mother's Day gift. And I was thinking about that, like, the day of, because obviously my ex didn't do, doesn't do anything for me, and, um, or didn't do anything for me for the first year. The second year, he also didn't even send me a card or anything, but I don't even think he even texted me. Um, but this year, I was like, obviously, I didn't expect anything from him, because, I mean, history repeats itself, and... But however, I did get a very, very, I got a lot of good gifts, actually. I was, I'm, I'm happy. Um, and it's not about the gifts, but it is about the gifts. <laughs> um, duh. Um, okay. So moving on, I decided that, um, I have talked about affairs so much and it's honestly what brings in a lot of my, um, my listeners, um, kind of like, it would shock you to know how much more, um, listening I get, how many more views, um, how much more feedback I get when it comes to the affair episodes. And I think it's because it affects everyone. Um, either you've been through an affair, you know, someone that's going through an affair, your kid's going through an affair, whatever. Um, and, I did, I'm not trying to base my whole podcast on an, on affairs or even my life. Like I even don't want it to just always be about my life. But over the past couple weeks, I had told you guys that I have been work, working with, but not working with, but talking to these two girls 
who um, found out that their husbands were having affairs. Well, um, I now that the shock is over for these women of the affair, it's the aftermath. And when I talk to them now, it's like I'm reliving the aftermath that I haven't relived that since it happened, since 2010. Now, I realized that the reason I am not living that aftermath in this situation, in my new situation, is because the I the I didn't go through the emotions of the first affair. Now, I was pregnant, so my emotions came from what am I going to do? I went into survival mode more than um and mom mode more than I did with the hurt mode. So I realized that one of the girls was like, how did you get through it? Like, I'm thinking this, I'm doing this. I, And I thought like, you know what? I've never gone through the aftermath of what an affair actually does to a person on the other end, being the wife, being the spouse, being the person that is being cheated on. So I had put out what I wanted to do was have an interview with someone who is the other woman. Um, we're a judgment free zone. So I am going to do that. Um, I someone reached out to me and said, I am the other woman and I'm willing to do an interview for it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I am going to be doing her side. And then I'm also going to be doing a rec table regarding monogamy. And if I think if people think that, um, it is, um, it's natural to be monogamous or it doesn't even exist anymore because I can literally sit here and say, I truly don't know if it exists anymore. Like I can be with a group of my friends and, and we've had this conversation before that, um, they at ten, say there's 10 of us, eight of those people could be like, no, I can easily have an affair. And I, I have never ever, I don't think I could have an affair. I don't think, I mean, yeah, flirting with other people, I guess that's a form of cheating, but actually bring myself to have an affair and sleep with someone else and carry on a relationship and lie to my spouse every single day. Like, I don't think I can do it. I, I have way too much guilt. I have way too much of a conscience. I don't know how to hurt people like that. So I really don't think I could. However, we're going to bring it to a rec table and talk about it. So I wanted to do like a little tiny mini series on affairs. So it's going to be three episodes long. Um, I don't think I'm going to do them in order. I'm going to try to do them in order, but we'll see. However, I did want to get into the person who's been cheated on, what we feel, what we go through. In order to do that, I do have to go through a little bit of details for the first affair between my ex and I. Um, I'm going to try my hardest to minimize that as much as I can because um, I it's a really long story. <laughs> I tried to record it and I was like, yeah, the story itself is probably like an hour and 10 minutes. So I'm going to just kind of summarize it. Um, to make a long story short, the woman that he had an affair with was a good friend of ours. Um, she wasn't like my best friend. She wasn't around all the time. It wasn't somebody that like, oh my God, I can't believe you betrayed me. I trusted you type thing. No, she was just kind of like a hangout person, her and her husband. Um, they had been married for ages for like, I don't know, 25 years, maybe. 
Um, they had kids, they had three boys that were all grown. Two of the boys were only a year younger than me because mind you, she was, she was 17 years older than me and she's, she was 11 years older than him. Um, so her boys ended up becoming like my friends in a sense. Um, especially after everything came out. Um, I caught them. Um, I mean, no, I'm lying. I had a suspicion about it. And when I had the suspicion is when he moved out. Now, mind you, I was only 21 years old, uh, maybe 22 when all of this occurred. So when he moved out, I didn't think anything of it. Um, I thought he told me that he was moving out because he needed a break from me and he didn't feel like he was happy and all this stuff. And since I was only 22 years old, I was like, okay, go ahead. Whatever makes you happy, whatever you feel you need to do. Instead of being like, no motherfucker, what the fuck? Like nowadays that would never fly. But back then I was just dumb and young and in love and whatever. So I allowed it. He moved out and come to find out long story short, her husband ended up finding out that they were having an affair. He found a burner phone that fell out of her purse and when he picked up the phone, because he had no idea why his wife had a second phone, um, he's seen all these text messages, pictures, emails, um, phone calls, um, leading back for months. Um, I, he didn't tell me because my ex told her, told him that he already told me. So the husband thought that I already knew and he didn't tell me. So they had known for a couple weeks, I believe, before it got around to me. Once it got around to me, because my ex was not living with me, but we hadn't spoken about divorce. We hadn't spoken about like anything real in a sense. Um, It was the same situation kind of as now. And to the point that we never had a conversation of what was going on, like why he moved, what he was feeling, what was going on in his mind, in his heart, what was going on in our marriage, like things of the sort. Like, I mean, now it's clear as day we're getting a divorce. But back then we... um he didn't talk about it. He just kind of like moved out. We would see each other every now and then we'd talk on the phone. Um, there was no real discussion as to like our marriage is over. Um, so it was, it was when I found out about the affair, it wasn't like we weren't together. We, we were very, very much together. We weren't living together, but we weren't living together because it was easier for them to, to continue their affair if he wasn't living there. There was so much shady shit in that affair, like so much. I'm telling you, I could fucking write a book on that affair um, to the point of her husband was is a millionaire, basically, um, and they would go to his rental houses and spend weekends there like they would. Um, I mean, there was just so much, so much that it was just like mind blowing. She told him that she thought I was sleeping with her son Um, she, I believe that's how she convinced him originally, like that I wasn't a good person. Um, and that all stemmed from her seeing me and her son walk out of his room at a party that she was having. And we walked out of his room because we got locked out of the house. So he went through his, um, little like sliding glass door and that was the only door that was open so that's how we walked in and it was completely obvious like I don't know it was just a very she knew that though and she just wanted to she would feed me like 
she would try and like hype me up like you're so beautiful like she's very manipulative very manipulative psychotic bitch um ultimately we did um end up going to counseling um that uh, that came about because um this lasted over a span of two years by the way from the time they started seeing each other to the time that it was completely done, like she was completely gone, um, because he kept going back to her. Like whether or not we were in counseling, whether or not we were working it out, he kept going back to her. Yes, I know I was a dumb bitch. Like I was such a dumb bitch. Um, but what ultimately ended the affair, what ultimately brought me back home um, was one day he had a complete mental, emotional breakdown right in front of me, was on his hands and knees and begging me to help him. Um, Now, when that happened, it made me feel like he had no control of his life. Um, And I decided that I was going to help him, but I wasn't going to be with him anymore. But Obviously, that turned into us starting to date again, um, us trying to work on our marriage. And then once we got back together, we had a fine flight for nine years. Um, So it was it was a lot to get to that point. Now, yes, it I've already told you guys that I beat her ass. That was in between all of this. Um, And I do regret it. And that's only because I should have never fought somebody over a guy. Like, she deserved it. She totally deserved it. But I should have never done it. Um, So, anyways, it's funny that I can think about this past affair to what's going on in our lives now. And it's almost a spinning image. It's almost the exact same um, moves that he's making. The exact same lies that he tells about me. Um, it's the gaslighting, it's the blaming, it's the, um, not taking accountability. It's the no remorse. Um, now with the last affair, it literally took him about three years. I'd say probably a year after we were finally fixed everything for him to actually break down and have major remorse, major guilt, Um, And it happened literally out of the blue. We were driving down the hill one day and he was like, I'm so sorry I did that to you. I'm so sorry. I'm so like he went into this whole mode and it was literally like, I think we were going to a casino down the hill and I was like, what? And he just started crying and he was like, I feel like I need to make everything right. Like I need to call her husband. I need to call her kids. I can't believe I did all of this. Like it was crazy. But I remember we were still in counseling at the time. And I told my counselor, I told our counselor that that had happened. And she was just, she just smiled. And she was like, you're, you're basically like free. Like you, I believe that that remorse was real. I believe that you now have guilt. I believe that you're on your way to change now. And I remember feeling like, what a relief. Like, I don't have to, like, we're past all of this now. Because he had said, up until then, he had said sorry. He had said that he wouldn't ever do it again. He had said all the things. But to see him break down like that was like, oh, my husband came back. <laughs> um, and I think, honestly, secretly, deep down, that 
I am waiting for that now. Um, I don't think that I could ever be with my ex again, which I'm going to do a whole episode on that because I got in deep with that with my therapist the other day. Um, But I do feel that I miss him. I miss the man he was. I, I, I am saddened that my kids won't know that man. Now, what did the affair do to me? Um, I, to me, okay. I think the biggest obstacle that I had with the affair and to this day is you feeling like you're not enough. Your self-worth absolutely crumbles to nothing. You feel that it, that you can't satisfy your husband in so many ways, whether your person cheats for sex, emotional, mental, just physically, um, it, it doesn't matter what that reason is. You feel that it doesn't matter what you do. You're never going to measure up to what this person, um, what this woman or what this man was to your spouse. Um, in my case, I actually hacked into the emails of theirs um, and I seen details. Now, that's another thing. When when he had the affair, um, and I'm noticing with these other two girls, it's, it's the same thing. You want to know the details. It's a fucked up mentality. It's literally a double-edged sword because you're like, I want to know the details. I want to know because you're lying to me. So you want to know all the details, but then you get the details and you're literally fucking disgusted, like disgusted because think about it. You're in, they're in this new relationship that's all shiny and pretty and it's a new toy and the sex is amazing and the conversations are like, deep and this person enjoys you and loves you and knows everything about you. And, you know, it's all rainbows and flowers, but then you, someone else from the outside reading it and you're like, oh my God, like they got this deep. Oh my God. They had sex in this position or they talk about this or she sends him nudes and, you know, all these things that are going through your head that you're just like, I wanted to know all of this, but now that I know all of this, I'm so much more fucked up. Um, and then, so those are two aspects. And then you have the aspect of moving on from it. If you choose, if you choose to stay moving on from it. Now, I know I've said, I, I didn't dwell on it for years after therapy. I didn't dwell on it. Now I did that to my best of my ability. There were always going to be triggers. And I didn't know that until now, until I've learned so much now in this growth there were always going to be triggers. It didn't matter what it was. I'll never forget one time it was Mother's Day and we went to Costco to go get a cake for his mom. And I knew what kind of car this woman, what kind of car this woman drove. I knew her license plate. I knew the thing that hung from her window. I mean, from her mirror. I knew everything about this car. I, and yes, I knew the license plate number and that's because A, I'm psycho and B, because um, I'm a numbers person. So I can see a number and remember it. It's just, I'm a numbers person. So I knew her license plate. Well, we get to Costco and we're looking for a parking spot and we park, we get out of the car 
and I see her car. And I'm like, that's her car. I look at the license plate. It's her car. I turn around and look at him and I'm like, let's go. This was like years later. And I told him, let's go. And he's like, where are we going? And I was like, she's here. I don't want to see her. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm positive. And he was like, okay. So we get in the car and I broke down. I just started bawling my eyes out. And he was hugging me and telling me he was sorry and that she's not a threat and like all these things, right? Now, there were other triggers that come from anger. Um, We could be completely one of the things that I read um, in one of the text messages was um, or emails was she used some sort of um, shaving cream that he liked the scent of it. Mind you, this is how minute these are how minor these details come in your head. Right. So. Um, she used some shaving cream that he liked the scent and the conversation was something about like, oh, that shaving cream smelled really well, really good or whatever. And, um, one day I was in the shower and he was getting ready and I went to go shave my legs and I, you know, use shaving cream and he was like, oh, is that a new shaving cream? And I was like, yeah. And then I froze and had a breakdown. Because in my mind, I was thinking, is this the shaving cream she used? Did this just come back into your head that you miss her, that you are thinking about her? Did your mind just go back to you guys being in the shower together? Like, what the fuck just happened? And all he asked was, is this a new shaving cream? His mind could have went nowhere besides, oh, that's a new scent. Um, But in my mind, this is everything it played out. So... Yes, I did my absolute best to never, ever bring her up, but there were always little tiny triggers. Another thing that I did um, that I thought that it was just me and I was a little bit psychotic for it was I studied her. I became almost infatuated with her um, to the point that I wanted to know what kind of perfume she wore, where she, like, I don't know, where she was going to the gym those days, um, like, where she shopped, what she looked like in their pictures, like her outfits and things of the sort. Um, And it, I know now, it's not because I'm purely psycho, (laughs) although I am, I'm I'm psycho. Um, It's because I, in a sense, wanted to be like her. I thought if I could be like her, then he would love me. I thought that if I could change who I was and start dressing like her and smell like her and all of these things, then maybe he would want me a little bit more. And I'm crying now because I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe that I was so low on myself and so weak to the situation that I did that. Um, I don't think I've ever voiced that, <laughs> um, but it was real. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the song Girl Crush. Um, she says she has a girl crush and she hates to admit it, but um, she wants to smell like her and she wants her her hair and she wants her touch and she wants all these things and maybe if she did then he would want her just as much that is real 
this that that song is written by a woman who was broken because of an affair. That song um, I used to listen to on repeat over and over and over and over. And um, I would cry and cry and cry and cry. And now, just not too long ago, it came on um, my Amazon Music. It came on just randomly. It's not part of my library, but it came on as, you know, part of the shuffle. And when it came on, I, like, stopped and froze because I was singing it. I was singing it, you know, whatever, cooking, doing whatever I was doing, and I was singing it. And then I, like, stopped and thought about it, and I thought, wow, I can listen to this song now and not cry my eyes out. I can listen to this song now and no longer relate to it. And it was a huge eye-opening like moment for me, like, holy fuck, Tina, good job. Hooray. My kids always say hooray when they do something right, like hooray. (laughs) Um, so I, that is real. It's very real. And we're not crazy. We're, we're really not like, it's just a real feeling. Um, one of the girls that I am talking to that is going through all of this, um, she found out sex details and she's like, Tina, am I ever going to be enough for him sexually? Like, I feel like they lived this whole different life sexually. And, um, you know, we talked about it. And I told her I went back to my life when all of this happened. And sex will never be the same. Sex, sex was never the same. It didn't matter that nine years had passed. Um... I I was uncomfortable now around him. I um mind you, she was she was it. She was she was a pretty girl. She was a very pretty woman. She had a banging body, she had fake boobs, she had fake body, everything. She, you know, she was a she was very well taken care of woman. Um and I so I constantly compared myself to her. So me thinking like you went and had sex with this woman over and over and over. And now you're going to come have sex with me and I'm nowhere near like her. Like, so that never leaves your mind because subconsciously doesn't matter if you guys are having the best, best sex of your life. Subconsciously, you're pushing that away. You're not there. You're never there again, 100%. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that, I think, because I want to discuss what that does to a woman. Um, but the, your, your life changes completely. And I'll never forget one time I was talking to Sue. Sue hated my ex because of the affair. She knew all the details of the, of the, of the affair. Um, she came in about two years later, but she knew all the details of the affair because I was still going through it. And again, she was a counselor. So I would talk to her a lot about stuff. And Sue wanted me to leave him. Sue would always tell me, you made a mistake by staying with him. That's, that's, those were his true colors. The way he treated you, the things he told you, that all of these things, those were his true colors and you need to leave him. And she would tell me that all the time. She wanted me to leave him. She swore that we shouldn't have been together. Well, 
obviously it was his true colors. Obviously she helped him find those true colors again. And she did the same exact thing to me. But, um, she was always telling me like, stop, just stop, just stop. Well, one time, um, not too much before it, a while before we, um, decided to have the babies, um, I had found some Snapchats in his phone between him and an old coworker. And um, I obviously I have all these thoughts at the time, like what was going on. Um, But it took me back to a very dark place seeing those text messages. And the text messages that I seen weren't like sexual or anything, but it was he lied to me about them. He lied to me about even um, being in communication with her. Um, this girl had been a problem when she first started working there. I was very uneasy about her working there, um, with him. And, you know, like I, we had just had such a history that I just was uneasy about any girl. And this girl was hot. She was a good looking girl. And, um, it always made me uneasy that he was working with her because he always only worked with guys. Um, so anyways, um, I remember that this girl and I, we ended up becoming friends. Um, Don't ask. I don't even really know how that happened. But we ended up becoming friends and we would talk to each other like and chit chat and whatever we would. And we became like girlfriends. Like um, she would talk to me about like her sex life and like we just became girlfriends. Like we like a normal conversation that you would have with a girlfriend. I mean, she was a lesbian or bisexual. So yeah, there were like times that, um, like things would, I guess, flirting would happen. Um, but nothing ever physical, nothing ever deep, nothing ever like real, like nothing like that. So one time I remember talking to Sue and telling Sue, like, I get it. Like I get why he likes this girl or why he, um, is befriending this girl or if something happened, like I get it. And she was like, why? And I was like, because she's smart. She's funny. She's sexy. She's, um, she's like real. She's very like upfront. She's blunt. She like, like I listed all these things about this girl and Sue stayed quiet. We were on the phone. I was at work and Sue stayed quiet. And I was like, what? Say something. And she was like, Tina, you just described yourself. And I was like, what? And she's like, why don't you see that? Why don't you see that this girl, you're like, I get it. I get it. If he was having an affair with her, then I get it. Like, I understand. Like, who wouldn't? She's like, but really, who wouldn't want you? And I was like, thank you. And I remember just saying thank you because I didn't believe it, but I was like, oh, that was a very nice compliment you just paid me. And she knew I didn't believe it. And she would tell me all the time, like, you're a dumb bitch. You don't even know what the fuck you're worth. Like, this is how we talk to each other. So, I, but you do. You start to look at this other woman as, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to start rumors or anything. I don't know if anything ever happened between him and her. Um, they both say nothing happened. That's what I have to go with. Whatever. Um, it's in the past, but, um, I, you start to look at this, at these women as everyone being your competition. Everyone is your competition. 
everyone you need to be like, everyone you need to study, everyone you need to figure out what he's going to like about this person, if he's going to cheat with this person. It is a full-time job. And I never, when we stayed together, I remember telling our therapist, her name was Judy. I remember telling her, Judy, I don't want this as a full-time job. I don't. I don't want to go through life and constantly be looking behind me and making sure that everything is lining up correctly because that's no way to live. And it's no way for him to live to always reassure me. It was not a way that I wanted to live. And I thought for sure that I was not doing that throughout my marriage. I thought for sure that we had gotten past it, that we were never going back there again. Um, but now that I'm out of my marriage and I can look back at this life that I was living with him, no, I was, it was a full-time job. I just didn't know it. It was in a full-time job, emotionally and mentally, it was a full-time job. I never got rid of the fear ever to this day. I don't. And I think I've already told you guys this story, but I'm going to tell you again. Um, I remember once I was with soulmate and, um, he, he knew me, he knew me like the back of his hand. Um, he, something about this man just grabbed me the minute we met and he knew me. And, um, one night we were out and a girl walked into the place that we were in. And I remember, um, seeing her and she was hot from head to toe, put together, beautiful girl, right? And at the time I was still barely single. I was still barely coming out of my shell. I had dated several different people. Um, and, but it was like, I was, I had to this day, I haven't dated anyone that, um, made an impact on me like the soulmate did. So, um, I was almost in a protective mode with him in a sense. Um, so when this girl walked in and right behind her walked in her hot ass boyfriend. But when this girl walked in, I was actually facing the door and I can see her walk in. And I had just walked away from him, literally just walked away from him like a second before. And um, he like immediately seen it in my face that something was wrong. And he even turned around to like, look at like what I was looking at and, um, whatever we go on about, it's a long story, but we go on about our night. We end up hanging out with those, with the couple. We end up like chit chatting with them and playing a game and stuff with them. And, um, when we left, um, he was like, are you okay? And I remember telling him like, um, but he caught my energy. He caught my energy. He caught everything that changed about me. He knew it. And that's why he was asking. And I told him like when she walked in, when the girl, hot girl walked in, like I, I was more tuned out because I knew that you were going to check her out. And I knew that you were going to be attracted to her and that what was that going to do with me? Because you were mine. And like, I was scared to lose you to her. Like, and like, this isn't verbatim. Like, I mean, just the gist of it. And he was like, what? Like, 
he was so confused by the um I, the thought process that I had and he was like if I am checking out another girl in front of you and you're afraid of me checking out another girl in front of you then I'm not doing my job like that's highly disrespectful and you shouldn't ever think that I would want anyone else but you and he doesn't know to this day. In fact, I should probably tell him, (laughs) but he doesn't know to this day what that did to me, how that impacted me. And I can probably tell you that after that night and we went home and, you know, had sex, whatever, it was probably the best sex of my life because I found my confidence in that after that situation, he reassured me so much that I literally could be naked. And I mean that mentally, emotionally. It was literally the best sex of my life that night. And it was, that was why. Was because I was able to be 100% vulnerable with him because he had just convinced me that I, he wouldn't do that to me. And I left the next morning from his house and um, cried all the way home. And I remember thinking like I lived in this prison of my own head for so long and I literally just released it last night with a man that I've only known for four or five months. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I broke those chains at the moment, but I never even knew I had those chains on. So there were, there's so many aspects to the affair that come little by little by little. And I, I feel I'm going to get this question because I've actually gotten this question before, but I feel that I'm asked this question a lot between the two girls that I'm talking to. Um, but I'm going to touch it on this. They asked, should I stay? Um, here's my thing when it comes to that. Um, I stayed and I believe I stayed for all the right right reasons. I don't regret staying. Um, you know me and referring all the ways back to these songs. Um, there's a song called the dance by Garth Brooks. And in that song, he says, um, that basically he could have said no, things could have changed. He could have not done this and not done this and not done this. But if he would have, he would have missed the dance and the dance was all he cared about. Now, I relate to that song because yes, my ex put me through hell and back. And now that I can go back to 2010 and remember all of these feelings and all of these things that we went through with this first affair and to know that I'm repeating it again 10 years later is like, holy fuck, like I should have just ran back then, which I should have, no doubt, I should have ran back then. But within those nine years of our good marriage, I don't regret that. I don't regret the man that I loved. I don't regret the love that we had. I don't regret going to sleep with him every night. I don't regret waking up to him every morning. I don't regret the arguments. I don't regret the um, insecurity. 
I I don't regret anything when it comes to the marriage that we had established for nine years. A lot of you don't know, but I have this huge thigh piece tattoo on my leg, on my thigh. Um, and it says, true love is not found, it's built. And it's a whole ode to him. It's this whole construction theme. It's like, has all kinds of little details in it that relate to our marriage. And it's like the sweetest thing ever. Like, seriously, it's like the cutest thing. Um, no, I'm not getting it covered up. I will keep it. Um, but I believed that we built a foundation after that first affair that was unbreakable. I believed that we were in it for life now. I believe that we had went through the hardest thing we had ever went through. And now we were going to be stronger and better than ever. And for those nine years, I was convinced of that. This is why Sue couldn't convince me to leave. Um, now, do I, so I don't regret it. I don't regret it. Do I think someone should stay in my new way of thinking and my new way of life? Um, in my new journey of healing and all the things that I've learned, if I would have learned all this stuff back then in 2010, I would have never stayed. I would have walked away, cleaned my slate and started a new life, especially because I was only 21 years old, 22 years old. Um, but I do not regret staying. So what I tell these women is stay Stay if you want to, stay if that's what your heart is telling you to do, and stay if you still love him and you think you can get through it. Why? Because you should always do what makes you happy. Because if not, you're going to live in regret. So I live by the idea that I want to do it, so I'm going to do it. And I don't care about what anyone thinks. As long as I'm not hurting anyone, I'm going to do it. And I think that way in so many situations that I probably shouldn't, but I do not ever want to live with regrets because life is too short. So if I would have left my husband back in 2010, I would have spent years trying to get over him. And you have to choose your hard. I told one of the girls the other day, she said, this is too hard. I can't get through it. I don't think that him and I can get past this. Like, I believed he loved me. I believed wholeheartedly that he would ever do something like this to me. Like, I don't even feel I know him anymore. And those are all valid, very valid. You don't love a person if you can hurt them like that. You can love them, but you're not in love with them. You're not worried about their feelings. You're more, you're more consumed with what your selfish needs were. Because there was this um, clip that I seen from the movie Fences. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It is the best, one of the best movies ever. You will be crying. Um, it's with Viola Davis and Denzel Washington. I don't even know where you can watch that. I think Hulu released it. Um, but it's a movie called Fences. And in the movie, there was a clip. And I sent this clip to my ex. And I rarely send him like memes or anything of the sort. But this clip stabbed me in the heart when I seen it. I swear to God, the universe just threw it on my timeline so I can like watch it over and over and over. And in the clip, he says, do you think that I wanted to hurt you? Do you think they're talking about an affair? Do you think that it was easy for me to stay stagnant in this house with the same woman, with the same 
goals that we weren't meeting with the same stress of everyday life, with the responsibilities that I was overwhelmed with? Do you think he's going through all these reasons to why he escaped his home, why he escaped his problems? And he's telling Viola Davis all of this. And Viola Davis stops him and she says, do you think that I wasn't standing next to you through all of this? Do you think that I didn't have my own goals, my own needs, my own wants, my own life, that I wanted to go and do these things, that I wanted to go and lay up with another man, that I wanted to go and know what it was like to feel like a woman again? But no, I decided to stand next to you. And that is exactly, exactly spot on what it is to have an affair. I had a lot of things wrong in my marriage. I could have cheated. And if I would have cheated, I probably would have felt better about myself and so many things, so many things, even mentally to the point that I'd be like, okay, now, you know, I got payback. Like, because you do think that, you do think that. In fact, um, Grandma Whore's husband actually contacted me after it happened to see if I wanted to sleep with him because that was going to be his revenge against my ex-husband. And I didn't do it, but I should have. Um, but either way, I didn't do it. But you do. You think that. You think I need to just be even with them. So anyways, going back to this clip, this is what, that's what you start to think. You start to think like you you went off and you found someone to feed your needs. I didn't. I stayed here and I dealt with it. Now, who's the stronger one? Obviously, the one who sat there and dealt with it. So when my girlfriend said, you know, what do I do? I thought he loved me. I thought all these things. And I told her, he's just weak. And it's not an excuse. I do believe he loves her, but he's just weak. He couldn't handle it affairs are so fake. They're this facade. You are going to have the perfect affair because there's no responsibilities. There's no real life to it. There's no 10 years down the road, you have four kids and you're sitting at home and you're not having sex because you haven't even showered in two days because you have all the kids and blah, blah, blah. All this bullshit is normal. But people that are too weak to handle real life are going to go and find this fake facade to go live with because they don't know how to communicate, because they don't know how to get out of it, because they don't know. So their only thought is to run away. And, but they don't know how to hurt people either. So they're going to run away and hurt the people without trying to hurt the people. And it's just this fucking horrible mess. But when it comes down to the person who's being cheated on, we don't look at it as that. We don't care that this is all that it is. You can easily, like, how how can you do this to me? And the person probably deliberately didn't mean to do it to you. And something that I tell my ex all the time is I never did anything knowingly or deliberately or purposely to hurt you. If I hurt you, I am sorry. I don't know how I hurt you, but I am sorry that I hurt you. And one day when you tell me what I did to hurt you, I will understand. But whatever I did that hurt you, I wasn't consciously doing it. What you did to hurt me, you consciously did it. Not only did you consciously do it, you brought other people in to help you do it. And when you and you kept doing it. So when it comes down to being the, uh, being the woman that's being cheated on or the man that's being cheated on, 
that those are our thought processes that you consciously are doing this to us. So you may love us, but you don't care about hurting us at all because all you're worried about is yourself. So do they back to all of this? Do you stay? I think that you stay if you think A, you're strong enough to do it or B, because that's what you want to do. Now, you will definitely need counseling. You will need a lot of counseling. And in my opinion, not religious counseling. Um, but you will also need a lot of strength. You will also need a whole new life, a whole new life. Um, we took away his smartphone. He literally had a a flip phone. I changed his phone number. He had to check in with me every fucking minute of every day. He had to answer his phone. It was a whole fucking shebang. Um, And that's what worked for us. I'm not saying that's going to work for everybody, but that's what worked for us to get us through that hump. Um, But once we were on smooth sailing, smooth waters again, I feel that we were okay. I feel that I didn't sit there and dwell on all these things for years to come. Now, like I said, I know that there were a lot of things that I dwelled on that I never knew I was dwelling on. But for the most part, I didn't dwell. We moved on. We had a good life. And but it's hard for me to tell someone to stay because we did have a good life for nine years. And on that 10th year, he did it again. And this time he did it worse. And this time he did it with someone I loved. And then he did it again with, which I don't consider my sister-in-law an affair. I just consider my sister-in-law because we were done. But I just consider that a really fucked up situation. Um, But he used people to hurt me this time around. So it was so much worse. So if I would have left back then, I would have caused, I would have saved myself from all of this pain now. However, in my situation, I believe this is his character. It's not a behavior. So that's another thing that I think people need to also view in the affair situation. Is this who this person is or did this person just go through a rough patch? Um, and I, I don't, I think you really have to weigh the options, but you don't have to make a decision at that moment to be like, I'm, I'm leaving this marriage and I'm never looking back. And then 10 days later, you're like, well, wait, I miss him. I love him. I want to try and work it out because that's what you're going to keep doing. You can go in and try and work it out and then 10 days later be like, never mind, I'm out. But you're going to have all of these back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You start to really, really get fucked up in your mind. Um, and it's it's really never ending. It really isn't. It takes years. One of the girls was like, um, I she said that she had felt that, sorry, my mind just went blank. Oh my God. Oh, that she had felt that if she stayed, then, you know, she's, maybe she's going to hate him in a few days. And I said, yeah, you're going to, you're going to hate him half of the year. I guarantee it. You're going to hate him for 10 days, love him for 30, hate him for 30, love him for 10. It's, it's a never ending cycle. And she's like, I just want it to be over. I just want to get it out. How do I make this process quicker? You can't, you cannot, you can, no matter what you do, your mind goes fucking berserk. 
you can't do it. And I find myself to be a very level-headed person most of the time. Like, I don't have a temper. I don't generally blow up. Now I do. Like, nowadays I do. I do blow up. And that's, I mean, that's a whole another therapy session. But it's a reaction for me now. Um, but back then and throughout our whole marriage, I, I, or as a person growing up, everything, I don't blow up. I'm a very level-headed person, but things will start coming out of you that you're just like, whoa, that's not me. It's, it's really life-changing. And these, another thing is the other girl was like, you know, I have all these visuals. The visuals never go away. The visuals will never go away. To this day, I will have visuals. I don't, the funny thing is I don't have a lot of these feelings towards Sue. I don't, I don't really, um, see all these things when it comes to Sue. I think because the whole Sue and my ex situation was a lot more anger and betrayal with when for the first woman, it was like, what the fuck type thing. I don't know. Um, but I don't have a lot of these feelings towards Sue. I don't, have like visuals of him and Sue. I don't wonder what they talked about. I don't like none of that really matters to me. And I think it's because I know them both. And I know that it's it was basically bullshit. The whole affair was bullshit. Um, They're both just very attention seeking and they both just fed each other. And I used to always say, I hope they end up together because they would be each other's perfect karma, perfect karma. Um, But um, I don't want that anymore because I don't want her around my kids. However, um, you do just go through all of these like mental things and they're all, they're really never ending. And some people can get through it. We were some, we were one of them. Like we, it wasn't fake. The nine years that we had a good nine years running, it wasn't fake. We were happy. We were fine. We didn't go home and fight about it. We didn't have this whole fucking life and we didn't not deal with it either. Like we were in counseling for, I think two years. So it wasn't like we just like pushed it under the rug and moved on. Like, no, we dealt with it and we moved our whole life. But I mean, in general, I don't, I don't know if we, I mean, maybe deep down inside, we never really did get over it. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe he never really got over his problems that made him cheat. And maybe I never really got over the idea of him cheating. Um, and I do know in a sense now that I really didn't, there's a lot of aspects that I didn't, but it is what it is. Um, I feel like this whole episode is a complete mess. So I'm sorry if you guys got like confused on it or anything. Um, I would love questions. I would, I would love it. Like, I just feel like, um, this is something that I'm excited to talk about in a sense, because I feel like I'm so much past it. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up is recently I was talking to this guy that I've been on a couple dates with and, um, he was like, do you have trust issues because of your, your marriage? And I'm like, no. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And I really don't. I really don't. I don't look at situations as like, oh, is he going to cheat on me? Oh, is he? Nope. I didn't even do it with my husband, even after the affair. And while we were getting through it and everything, I feel like people are going to do what they want to do. No matter what you do, you're not going to be able to stop them. And I don't have a jealous bone in my body at all. Like at all. I'm not jealous at all. I can care less about people. Um, so I... 
I don't, there are people that go through it and then they turn into like these bitter people and, um, they, they can never trust a man again, or they believe all men are dogs or they believe all women are cheaters or they believe all women are whores or whatever. And they're just bitter and negative for the rest of their life. Um, I, I'm not that at all. Like, I do think that everyone cheats. I really do believe that. Like, I, I would think a good, like, 80% of people in the world cheat. Um, but I don't look at the situations in life as, like, like for instance, Nerd Boy or, um, like, Nerd Boy, obviously, he told me he was in love with his ex-girlfriend still. And I was just like, okay, well, we can still do whatever we're doing and you figure out your life. Like, I mean things like that didn't bother. They don't bother me. It's just like, well, okay. Like whether we make it or we don't. I mean, obviously if I was in love with somebody and like, I don't, it would probably make me jealous or break my heart. If soulmate came to me and was like, I actually fell in love with somebody. Then I'd be like, wait, what? No, you're supposed to love me. Like, I mean, that would probably hurt me. But, um, the fact that soulmate like dates people and he like sleeps with people and, goes out with girls and does whatever, like, that doesn't bother me. Like, I'm just like, oh, well, I don't care. Like, they're not me. Like, I don't care. Um, But so, no, I, I don't think that, like, you can just be jealous your whole life. I think that that's just a personality trait. Um, And I don't have it. So, anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's being released early for you guys just because I'm already done with it. And, um... It's actually late and early, whatever. I hope you guys have a fucking killer week. Um, I am going to release another episode probably tomorrow, just like a quick little tidbit on um, the questions that I haven't answered because one person wrote me and was like, I'm waiting for that episode because she wants her question answered. So I'm going to release that hopefully um, within the next couple days or so. Um, All right, bitches, have a good week. Remember, fuck the world and be happy. Love you all.